Right, you lot. It seems having completed the daring raid it took to secure these marvelous creatures, not a single one of you has the first idea how to ride one. You shocked an unprepared force of mainly untrained auxiliaries. But if you want a hope of holding your own against the Empress's finest, you'll listen to me as I instruct you how to turn your enemy's most prized weapons against them. Now, we've secured a number of breeding pairs, so soon we shall have more than we need. Don't get attached to the males. For now, though, you shall all have to take the 16 adults we have in turns. The one I am mounted on, Chana, is the broodmother, and, well, what can I say, rank has its privileges. I've observed your surface horses, and while they do have the benefit of speed over the average spider, over open ground, with no uneven terrain, this merely means they are better suited to running away, which in warfare seems a bit ass-backwards to me, which is incidentally where you'll all be ending up if you don't learn how to secure your harnesses correctly. Spiders have been used by the drow in battle for at least as long as we've been underground. They are the reason why, in tunnel and cave-based warfare, a single drow can hold off a battalion of surface troops. They are exceedingly good ambush predators, and their senses for vibration and movement are always going to be two steps ahead of yours. Now, you'll notice that this harness resembles more of a seat than a saddle, with clasps along the legs up to the waist. That is because you're going to be spending at least half of your time inverted. There is a quick release catch, but this is only to be used when you're the right way up. Otherwise, you will fall from your mount, and if not splatter on the cave floor below, then become your mount's next meal, dangling temptingly right in front of its pincers from your dead woman's cord. The dead woman's cord is there to keep you and your mount together if you are knocked free in battle. However, as we shall see, if you employ all the means at your disposal your spider provides you with, this need never be a consideration. Before we get to that, I should first point out your average arachnia will have a number of weapons at their disposal. Firstly, a hand crossbow for mid-range combat, and these dwarven-made compound bows for long-range. Each bolt or arrow typically carry poison of varying types, usually designed to immobilize and incapacitate, much the same as a bite from your spider would. There is no sense wasting valuable ammunition killing your enemies if you can just knock them out or paralyze them and let the spider do the rest. Your guns and explosives are formidable, but also the reason why half the time any surface dwellers who do make it past the bastions are fighting the local wildlife as much as they are any repelling armies. Most creatures in the Underdark hunt by sound, and anything above a shout is the equivalent of ringing the dinner bell. Drow children are quiet children. What's that? Ah, well spotted. Yes, I do also have a rapier, although this is only to be used when dismounted or to see off anyone stupid enough to try and unseat you during a joust. It's of no use as an anti-infantry weapon, you are literally sat astride one. Anyway, 
You're more likely to cut one of your mount's legs off if you use it for that. And spiders hold a grudge. There is a reason why the harness is situated between the cephalothorax and the abdomen. So a spider cannot accidentally bite its rider. Now, much like our arachnoid friends here, to peel off the flesh and expose the delicate innards of why we are here. The reins arrangement is similar to your horses, but with a number of subtle differences. The psychology of spiders is different. For example, with the reins, slack as they are now, we are not going anywhere, but... Pull back on them slightly and oh, off we go! Easy, easy, Charnip. There we are. See, I've let the slack off entirely. Always secure your reins in the pommel hook of your harness. Without that pressure from you, the spider thinks it has to stay still and quiet. And as you can see, it's very good at that. A well-trained spider can remain motionless for hours or even days. Some of the smarter ones even place their discarded molts as decoys around their nests. When laying motionless, it is very difficult to tell them apart unless you are viewing them from above. Another thing to bear in mind is that to a spider, there is no such thing as a dead end or a sheer cliff or ledge. If you keep the pressure up, it will go up the wall or down the fissure as readily as level ground. I once employed this to great effect by having my spider crawl up the side of a suitor's house, allowing me to climb in through the window to etch my initials on her bedpost before skittering off to bed her sister. But I digress. One thing we haven't covered yet is web-based tactics. You've all read the dossier I provided on the webways. The average riding spider weighs between 7 and 800 pounds and can produce a web capable of supporting perhaps thrice that. When all of this is over, you'll all make a fortune putting hemp farmers out of business. But for now, this presents us with the ability to hang unseen from the roof of a cavern hundreds of feet tall, waiting for the right moment to strike. This is incidentally a tactic that the Imperial Guard use to keep order in most cities. You never know when you're being watched. Any incident can be pounced upon almost immediately. Observe. The vocalizations I'm making are simple, quiet, and easy for the spider to hear, as they don't keep their ears on top of their heads like horses do. Every coarse hair on its body gives it a fully omnidirectional sense of hearing. I guarantee that Chana can perceive each and every one of your hearts beating right now. A trained arachnir can hang upside down in space for hours at a time, with their bow at full draw. You didn't think my hair was braided like this just for show, did you? Well, mostly not. Now, Having seven to eight hundred pounds of spider drop on them out of nowhere is enough to scatter even the most hardened of infantry. But why in the name of sanity would you put yourself to such unnecessary risk as a first recourse? Picking your targets off one by one is far more effective and demoralizing if they cannot see where their fellows are disappearing to, or who is peppering them full of arrows. When hidden astride one of these, you're not just in the shadows, you are 
the shadows. Your mount only needs two of its legs to traverse its web, leaving six free to spear, crush, or grab prey. This is incidentally why, generally, arachneers are light on personal arms. Most of the time, they are not necessary. Its pincers can sever its own web, so they'll generally make short work of most surface leather and flesh. I've seen them go through a cuirass, too. Do you still wear those? But metal is quite indigestible to them. Don't let them eat any. A spider with an upset stomach is a terrible thing to behold. There is an elasticity in your mount's web which allows it to zip down, spring the last ten feet or so, and snatch an unsuspecting dwarf, halfling, or even orc up from the ground and be back concealed in the shadows above before they even have time to scream. All you've got to do is pick your moment and brace for the rapid deceleration. I've seen what a coordinated group of arachneers can do. At Soldensdale, we hogtied half a dozen enemy soldiers faster than their commanding officer could order a retreat. For those that way inclined, it has always been possible to purchase this specialist treatment from many fine establishments both above and below ground, and I'm sure Private Lesage would be able to tell you where. Oh, stop blushing, for goodness sake. Point being, once an enemy combatant has been cocooned in your mount's web, there is no way they can escape unaided unless they are left long enough for the web to degrade, and depending on the spider, they'll likely starve to death first. Lastly, I want to cover jousting. Now, I've heard on the surface you do this by riding headlong at each other with big sticks. Impressive, I'm sure. But down in the Underdark, it's a little more... balletic. If your spider is in a melee with another spider, the chances are you won't get near its rider unless you can pierce them with a lucky shot. What you can do, however, is use your spider's momentum to add kinetic force to your cuts and thrusts. Even the best dwarven plate will struggle to displace the kinetic force of nearly a ton of weight behind a blade. Slicing through an opponent's webline and sending them crashing to the ground is an effective tactic. If you're high up enough, the spider's weight will do the job for you, and even if the fall doesn't kill the rider, they'll likely be badly injured and uncoordinated. Otherwise, the trick is to swing at a diagonal angle to your opponent, forcing them to either guard their spinneret, or duck underneath and slice at their spider's abdomen. Most of the vital organs are there, and only the most elite or wealthy arachnia can afford to have their spider armoured at all. Be careful employing this move, as it will likely leave your own webline vulnerable. The bulbous abdomen is the weakest point on a spider, a direct retreat exposes it, and to do so against an enemy is not only seen as cowardly and irresponsible, but also tantamount to suicide. An arachneer must never be outflanked, and must face all threats with pincers forward. But of course, now you know all that, you can subvert those expectations. So, that's a rundown of the basics. Now all of you, drop and assume the plank position. 
The first one of you to make it to three minutes gets first pick of their mounts. Riding a spider is all about employing core strength. And I guarantee you're all about to discover muscles you didn't know you had.